0: Hello and welcome to the New Model Advisor podcast. My name is James Fitzgerald, and so I'm speaking to Peter Trotman, who is the Managing Director of Vision Business Advisors. Peter, welcome to you.
1: Good afternoon,
0: To say the past year has been difficult for everyone, including advice firms would be somewhat of an understatement. Um, Firms have had to radically change the way they work due to COVID and lockdowns, which includes how they meet clients and indeed how they look to buy and sell their firms. Uh, my first question to you would be, how have you seen the acquisitions market over the past year during COVID-19?
1: Well, when the COVID first came in, uh, in the beginning, of early sort of tell in the first quarter of last year, uh, I had real concerns that the acquisition market would uh, fall off the cliff. Um, and uh, initially, companies that were in the market, Uh, The majority of those companies pulled out the market, they decided not to go ahead. Um, There were several stories of firms that had, say, five or six acquisitions, seven or eight, uh, in play, uh, and they were actually pulled overnight uh, because of the uh, COVID situation. However, deals that were so far down the road um, on things where they already signed heads of terms, um, they basically, the uh, you know, purchaser had to go through the deal because from a point of view of legally, um, I think, or think in the point of signing contracts, the uh, seller probably could have uh, sued them. I don't know how they got on under, under COVID <laughs> conditions or how that would have worked, but they went through. So there was activity. Um, and then what I started to see uh, is when we got to around the summer, um, companies were looking at it and saying, well, actually, do you know what? Uh, Zoom and, and uh, Teams meetings became, uh, as they are now with everybody, uh, mm. a regular occurrence. Mm. And um, one of the things that the purchasers, um, the feedback I was getting was that, would somebody actually sell their company? Bearing in mind, they never actually seen me in the flesh. Um, and it's a big thing, so somebody's retiring, and um, you know, somebody is buying their business. They've never really physically seen them. I mean, nowadays you can do a lot of work over the internet and with Zooms and that side uh, side of it. Um, and vice versa, would a buyer buy a company bearing in mind, in some cases, he'd never been to their office? You, you know, to the to the firm. I can imagine that's a buying.
0: huge challenge, yeah. Um, and it also so, comes down to trust, I imagine too.
1: Yeah absolutely uh, i mean you you don't often see uh, situations where somebody would buy a house without actually seeing it um you can you but of course people started to look at things and and, and sellers started to think well i can do this over the over the net i could do it i could supply all the information uh, buyers started to realize that they could have uh, meetings and uh, i think in both parties have started to pick up again. And so I started to see towards the end of the year, definite movement for sellers say, Look, I don't know how long this pandemic is going to carry on for. Um, I want to sell my business. I think now is the time. And yes, it's going to be different from what I normally would do. But do you know what, I'm just going to get ahead, go ahead and do it.
0: Did you see many firms ditch the acquisition market in terms of selling their business and, you know, on the other side of the coin, firms that are buying. How many walked away or were spooked due to the pandemic? Uh,
1: There was more companies, in my experience, there was more buyers, Jack, than sellers. Uh, The interesting thing, I had several sellers that in 2019 had been very... Take it and leave it. They wanted to sell. Then they were saying, "Well, this is the deal's not quite right, um, and uh, I want to look at some more companies, etc." And they were, you know, and some, several buyers were getting fed up with people really mucking them around and such. Um, it's quite interesting. When we got to sort of April time, I had several sellers uh, phone me up and email me and say, do "You know what? I thought about it. I actually want to sell now." want to you know i want to sell i don't want to sell tomorrow morning um almost in some cases and uh, what would happen then i'd go back to the buyer and the buyer turned around and said oh no covid pandemic we've dropped out." so some sellers have been left uh without a buyer and have had to start uh, restart the whole process
0: have those sellers and and that's you think on that point too you know buyers walking away do you think sellers are more keen to sell during the pandemic or due to the pandemic with the financial stresses or just the general life stresses of a you know global pandemic
1: I, yeah I, I mean when when, it, when we were to mark april time when, it, when things were looking very gloomy not that they're not looking that, not that, looking that much better now but uh, with the vaccine hopefully we, we we've got a, a an exit door at some point um I think sellers then were looking at it and thinking, "I want to sell. Um, I just want to get on and get out the market." Because it, it, they were concerned about their business, uh, they were going forward. They were concerned about their clients. Obviously, the market had gone down, um, uh, and there was all these other things coming into their head. What's happened going forward is a, a lot of these, a lot of the people now, both parties, both buyers and sellers have actually worked out that they've got a, a working relationship or actually the wheels didn't fall off they adapted you know um, not not driving 50 miles to have a client meeting um, and just dealing with your client either over the phone email or by a zoom meeting is now the new you know that's the new normal so a lot of people that protect possibly were potential sellers have now sat back and thought well, I don't need to panic, um, I, can, I can now regroup and maybe take my time on looking at it at the next forward.
0: A lot of the big national firms and consolidators halted all acquisitions last year due to the pandemic or various other reasons, whether it be, you know financial health, et cetera, et cetera, or even market conditions. When do you see them coming back to the market? Is there any point where they say, they turn around and go, let's kick this off again, we need more assets, we need more clients. When will that happen, do you think? Uh,
1: I think the, the big companies that were in the market, I can't see them coming back for a while. And when I mean a while, that's a very open ended answer I'm giving you. But I think the, the that answer sits with David. Because until they get back to a, a, a normality, I think a lot of the bigger acquirers uh, will sit it out for, for a while. Um, that's my gut feel. So, you know, you've got the likes of AFH, uh, Quilters on the private client side. Um, those bigger companies have actually sat it out, you know, sat out the market. Um, so. When it comes back in, we will get the bigger acquirers coming in the market again. Well, on
0: that point too, I did a bit of digging over the last few weeks in regards to these types of firms' results, you know, your SJPs, your quilters, your AFHs and, you know, Tavistops and some of your other consolidators as well, Both yeah. small and large. And it was interesting reading. A lot of a lot of them stayed afloat, which you would expect them to do, being you know, huge businesses that they are. Their assets have stagnated. New client levels are a concern. Where, yeah. is that the reason why they are struggling? Not struggling, sorry, struggling is not the best word. Stagnating somewhat because there are no acquisitions going on. There's, there's no extra assets or extra new clients being bolted on as they go along?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the the, uh, the marketplace, uh, a lot of these big firms haven't got the capacity to take on mm. new clients because they're, they are basically ring-fencing their existing clients, and they've gone out in some cases and bought millions and millions of funds of, of new clients over the years, and um, they've got second and third payments to make on those client bases, and they just haven't got the infrastructure in place to go then looking for new acquisitions, which mean new uh, potentially to take on new advisors, um, and, and that goes into what is recruitment at the moment um which i uh in mind we do some recruitment yeah good advisors are mm. staying put uh and so the capacity for these big firms um they haven't just they haven't got it so they can't take on uh new businesses because it's the integration it's the cost um all these factors that um they have to take into consideration when making an offer on, on a company.
0: I think that was your earlier point too, or your first, indeed your first point where, you know, it's hard enough for advisors or, you know, anyone in business really to get new clients over Zoom or, you know, the old days of phone call, um, but how things change, you know, in the modern times. Mm-hmm. I can't really imagine a firm, you know, wanting to sell to a big business, you know, after virtual negotiations with a phone call mm-hmm. or Zoom. There's just so many working parts. Would that be your correct statement? <laughs>
1: Yeah, um, it, it is happening. I mean, it is it, uh, it is happening. I mean, companies are out right there. Um, I think what's, what has changed for me in the marketplace is that there are several new buyers coming into hmm. the marketplace um, with uh, equity back money, VCT money. Um, it's uh, somebody said from uh, uh, Investep, they said to me, uh, "Well, the thing is, where would you buy if we lent money for you to go out and buy a business? What what market sector currently out there? I don't to talking about the whole across the whole market sectors, whether it be hospitality, um, you know, travel, uh, etc. What market sector would you lend at, at the moment? Mm. Which is a good question. Car you know, trade, 29% down on new car sales, hospitality." Absolutely uh, uh, devastated. Uh, travel. Um, so actually, lending money to a new um, acquirer or new company that wants to buy a financial services businesses is actually probably quite a good shot. because you've got you've got this recurring income, fee income, which you can prove that to a to a lender. Um, and so I think the the fashion um, in in some cases now for new businesses is there is a lot of money in the city um, for these, what I would say, new companies uh, to go out to the marketplace and buy a uh, smaller It's a very good
0: point. Advice firms, uh, as as you said, compared to these sectors that have been hardest hit, being travel and hospitality, financial services, yes, very different, but it has been ticking along. Over the past twelve months, you know, and a lot of smaller firms too have been successful uh, offering remote advice. Will we see and will we see more private equity companies, whether UK or US based, you know, muscling into the advice market?
1: Absolutely, I think it's it's uh, there will come a time when you can only vacuum up so many businesses, Um, but I think the the it will over the next few years. Um, carry on being a marketplace, which is full of sellers and also buyers. Um, One of the nice things, looking at some of the new companies coming in, um, is that they don't want, the the, the old days when I started doing this now, uh, probably 12 years ago or more, then somebody would come along and buy the client book, in most cases, buy the clients, the, the retiring advisor, principal of his firm would, would just switch off the light on a Friday and that would be it and, and the exciting thing with the new lot of the new buyers coming in is they don't want um, advisors or the owner to go anywhere they want to keep them on for at least two years if not more uh, maybe three years maybe longer um, and so what are the questions which uh as, selling and exiting principal of a firm always tends to ask is well what about my secondary mm. payments How am i going to get them well the great news is is that if you're sat in, in situ still um on a retained basis or have whatever the deal structure um you're probably likely to gonna get everything on the deal uh because you're there and, and i've got some deals now with companies where they're actually offering um not only a really good deal, but also an incentive for the exiting advisor to hang around for three years and to grow the business in that time. So deals have changed from where we were 18 months,
0: two years ago. Have they changed for the better, you think, in the modern times, especially especially with incentivized I, I, I think, they,
1: Yeah, I, I think they have. I think they have. And um, I'm seeing uh, some really good uh offers now um and i think it depends on where you go there's been several deals that were done last year um some quite large if they had been done this year the uh exiting md principal i think would have got potentially uh substantially more money for his business um because companies now are looking to base a deal, it always used to be done on recurring income, fee income, uh, and funds under management, and what the fee income is. Companies now are looking to base the deal on a profit-based basis um, over a longer period, but that actually can add up to a a substantially bigger figure than basing it on a recurring uh, fee income.
0: On the other side of the coin too, when Whatever a firm is bought out, especially by a big consolidator, or indeed a US or US or UK-based or wherever private equity firm, there's always those question that question, what is going to happen to the clients? Yeah. You know, they're really going into an unknown, especially if the managing director or the principal walks off into the sort of wanders off into the sunset um, after the deal is completed. When you have these incentivised payments, and the advisors tend to stick around a bit longer. Is that a better process for the clients than it perhaps used to be?
1: Yeah, absolutely, because the client, I've been, you know, I have speaking to a lot of buyers and um, they're finally the old days of, of buying a business and saying, right, you know, the business is at 0.5 charge-out and uh, we will, we, you know, we, we'll buy it on a Friday and on a Monday we'll contact all the clients and tell them they're now paying 1% of uh, if the existing principle is still on board, that doesn't happen anymore. Um, I'm not saying I can't speak for the whole marketplace, but there is definitely, um, a, a, you know, people are looking at it as a long term, as opposed to getting a short term um, quick buck uh, from the client. And, and also the regulator over the years um, has been far is now started to be far more interested in uh, acquisitions and what happens to the clients um, in, in going forward. And I think that companies know that they can't just order the charges overnight. Um, what they do, maybe long term, is is different. But a lot of companies now they give the clients an option to either stay where they are or the incoming company might offer them an in-hand service, which they will pay, say, if they're on 0.5, they would pay, say, 0.75 that uh, service. Uh, I mean, it all meant maybe 1% depending on the size of um, investment.
0: Funny you say regulation of the FCA. You've very conveniently brought me to my next point. Last year, Newball Ball Advisor uh, wrote a few stories about this. Indeed, they you could perhaps call them scoops um, about the FCA going very much harder on consolidation in terms, sorry, in regard to new forms and due diligence measures, measures that they were bringing in. I believe it was September, October last year, or perhaps even earlier. Has this helped or hindered yeah. the acquisition process, do you think?
1: The acquisition process is a lot longer now. Um, The due diligence is a lot more intense. Uh, The legals uh, is is a lot longer because obviously a lot of the um, lawyers aren't in their offices, they're working from home. Uh, So everything is on a remote basis. From what I've seen, the due diligence process, in all cases, um, more intense want to know more about the business, um, more about you um, know. You know, I get asked every buyer if I say, look, I've got this business, the to print towards interest in uh, to sell, and um, you you've got the the first question now is DB mm-hmm. transfers. Okay. It's DB type, That's the first question you get now. Whereas uh, a couple of years ago, you you that would be asked, but it would be six or seven questions and the list. Um so people want to know, you know clients' ages, um that's important, what client holding is, but D B transfers is obviously a hot potato because for a acquirer, um the last thing they want to be seen doing is almost encouraging phoenixing mm-hmm. by buying up a um, a business that's all of a sudden, they buy it, they don't take any of the uh, risk, Uh, and all of a sudden, next week, the the, the business um, runs into trouble because they've got DB uh, business in there. Uh, And I've seen quite a few uh, acquirers walk away from companies uh, where there is DB business in there. Uh, Even though they aren't buying the risk, uh, they just don't want to be associated with um the fallout which may happen in three months six mm-hmm. months time no
0: indeed especially with the scas enforcement actions and supervision over the past tw- you know 12 yeah. to 18 months um is probably fair enough to be honest especially with your ex- existing liabilities or potential liabilities down the track is that what you're seeing yeah. big firms or any firm you know if they find a skeleton in the closet or whether it be innocuous or not in terms of db transfers are they just walking away? Are they just going, it's not worth the time? And do you think this will continue as, as the FCA continues its crackdown?
1: Yeah, I think it will. I mean, I think for, well, if firms are looking at it, a, a purchase and um, that they don't want to see their name uh, dragged into a possible situation. So though they're not taking the risk, they don't want to be in a situation where a new model advisor prints out that um, XYZ company is has gone into default, and uh, in the same paragraph, oh, and, and they were bought last year by, you know,
0: blocks mm-hmm.
1: and co acquirers, uh, it, they just don't want to be, that they keep a well away from it. And I have seen several deals, uh, well, I think to say the deals have walked away, they, they've not even bought anywhere, because they've fallen at the... First hurdle, where the acquirer is just gone. Do you know what? I'm, not, I'm, I'm worth it. And it's it's not just DB stuff. It's it's anything off what I call off piece, where the acquirer looks at it and 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 it's now looking trying to use say a almost like a crystal ball effect where they'll look at it and think, well, it got some business that it's slightly off. You know, if it's uh, maybe they've been in film schemes or something like that, uh, tax banning um, uh, vehicles, uh, or tax avoidance vehicles, and they're starting to look it that and think, actually, do you know what, um, that potentially could be an issue, not necessarily at the moment, but it might be another DB issue or two in a year's time. Um, or two years' time, so let's not even – let's keep away from it. I suppose
0: it's just not worth it, is it? Not worth Um, the risk, especially um, with the regulator on the rampage currently.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's not worth the risk. And and the thing is, at the moment, it seems to be um, – the the businesses are coming to the market, um, and there there seems to be Mm. enough to go around, um, Mm. although there are still – I get acquirers come to me and they say, we want uh, we won't look at a business unless it's got 200 million of assets. Um, and you know, it's got to have uh, 500,000 per client, and it's got to have, uh, got to be directly authorized, it's got to have this, um, a whole list of items. Um, and then they come back to me a couple of months later and they'll go, uh, well if it's not 200 we'll, <laughs> we'll look at a hundred um and, and, and the, you know the clients haven't got 500 and they've got 300 yeah we're okay with that and and i think what's happening is that they there has been a, a several um acquirers what i would call the new mm-hmm. money acquirers okay these are the guys with the the uh, city funding type firms um run by by the way uh, experienced people so they're not they're not run by you know in some cases i i've dealt with them in the past so it's 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 individuals i've known previously but they're not completely novelty doing what they're doing um but yeah i mean i think there's been several companies several acquirers chasing the same firms and there's only so many fish in the pond of that size that are for sale or potentially for sale so they've had to uh scale back on on what they've uh, you know wind it back a bit they got more more so is it just
0: higher expectations than what's actually available and if so you know what happens to martin Park ifa um you know two people ifas you know dots around the country that may be looking to retire yeah. what happens to them or do the big firms eventually snap them up
1: i that's an interesting one um the market when i first started doing this the whole, the bulk of the marketplace was was full of um, one, what, I, what I call one man and his dog, mm. IFA IFA's. Um, those that wanted to sell have now gone, have sold. Uh, is there the appetite for those size businesses now? Uh, there's not as many coming to the marketplace. And there's not, in my eyes, not as many buyers for them. Um, and this is where I I've, I've did a podcast with you, probably a couple of years ago now, when I, I said, you know, there's always a right time to sell, um, you know, before your client base gets too old, or your you know, they start without being completely mercenary, they start lying mm-hmm. on you, um, and, and then your funds go down. I mean, I, I and then all of a sudden, the value of your business reduces, um, the age of your clients go goes up the amount of buyers potential buyers acquire for your business goes down so the value of the business goes down the amount of people wanted to buy it goes goes down and um, a lot of the larger firms their attitude is if it's too small um, the cost of acquiring a business i'm not talking about the actually pan you know actually it, I talked about the cost of acquiring mm. it, so integrating it within their company, um, that pro- that figure is going up, they've got to do more work, due diligence, etc. Um, so there are some companies, it's just not economical, below, below a certain figure.
0: Well, these smaller defer- firms, are they just gonna have to take what they can get, if it does get to that stage where you know, Mr. National, Mr. Consolidator pops around the corner and goes, you know, Let's for example, this IFA is expecting a certain amount, and then the national offers thirty percent, forty percent less, and they need to retire or want to retire, and that's the end game. Do they just have to yeah. accept it in this current market or the market over the next few years?
1: I, I can't honestly see the smaller end market mm. improving. Uh, I think it's going to get harder. Uh, and it, it depends on how, you know. I've got believe it or not, I had a conversation with a chap last year um he was 78 and uh, he's looking at going directly authorized uh so you know is is he is that guy's business most uh, most advisors their clients um are around three years either way mm. of their age so that particular individual is is he, is his client base going to be worth anything I don't know I is anybody gonna buy it there's always going to be somebody buy it, will buy it, but um, it will lose value mm-hmm. pretty quickly. Uh, you, you, if you've got clients over eighty, um, then the value of the you know, suitably. Um, so yeah, it's going mm-hmm. to be interesting. No, very
0: much so. And in terms of no, no. ageing advisors aside, and everyone's already said that, you know, banged on about it for the past oh, three or four years now, that there is going to be. Well, there already is really uh, a lack of advisors in the market at the moment or it's not exactly flying up and more advisors will look to retire over the next one two three years if not last year in this year will that affect acquisitions in terms of not as many not enough new or existing advisors left in the market
1: absolutely and this is why um the i mean from a lot of companies i i Deal with in in uh, last year, uh, put a stop to recruitment, or they, they uh, wound in their um, attorney, uh, because they just didn't have you know it's very difficult. if you're training somebody to be a financial advisor, they can't go to an office. Now, okay, we can do a lot over Zoom. But if you've got a complete new person to the industry, yes, they can do online learning, etc., etc. But there comes a point where you do need some physical mm. interaction uh, to help them in developing uh, the business. Um, so I, I would say, why why the new buyers, but or new acquirers, uh, they are very much looking for advisors around in the business. Um, because without that, um, they've got no way of replacing the principal. And they will need, say, two to three years uh, worth of um, uh, you know help to re- re- you know, to to get hmm. that experience, um, and it, and they won't be able to do it by just getting a new guys who's just coming from um, uh, you know from an academy, a training school.
0: It's definitely definitely an issue and one to keep an eye on. Where do you see consolidation and acquisitions over the next two years?
1: I think I think consolidation will carry on. Um I don't see it mm. going away. Uh, I know people probably listen listened to this and say well he would say that anyway. Um but I genuinely can't see it going away. I've got uh, I mean they, they say I've, I've seen different figures that there's potentially 4,000 advisors going to retire over the next mm. 3 to 5 years. I think maybe that's probably on the high side. However, um, there is a lot of advisors of a certain age, um, what I am seeing is bigger companies now interested in uh, looking at doing something uh, where previously uh, you wouldn't have thought that, that you would have thought well they'll go on for another five years uh, or, or more um, or they will um, uh, fill in by recruiting somebody within the firm to take over the reins uh, and do a say an internal buying um, but one of the one of the problems several of these firms are getting and I've known it, several deals of, of quite good-sized firms um, they've been pushed into selling uh, because uh, of another tangent of marketplace
0: mm, Indeed. Trust.
1: so um, they've had a situation I know principal uh, very good firm, chartered firm, uh, good-sized good size company, advisors. Um, and they just couldn't get PI anymore for their DB, to cover their DB um, work. Um, and then when they asked, uh, you know, the excess was something off the top of the head, something like 150,000 claim or 200,000 per claim. And then you think, well, why are you even bothering? Because it's going to be... <laughs> it's,
0: Oh, it's really ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, they, they did so they, get to the point where, it, you know, what's the point?
1: Yeah, it is what's the point. So, they, they took a decision, um, they took a decision to just sell because the um, the the uh, the, the um, uh, you know, the risk of PI, they weren't allowed to trade anyway because you should have cover for everything. Uh, and believe it or not, there are still firms out there trading at the moment who i think if they look at their details of their policy uh, they'll find that they probably mm-hmm. aren't covered um but i don't know whether they again i mean it's a conversation today we see it online you know with do the fca look at the game returns well it's pretty obvious that they don't look at them or if they do look at them then they don't look at them very well um so there are companies out there who probably look at it and they'll come up to their um uh, renewing their PI policy, mm. PI insure will just go, mate. You know, there's a deal, that's what it. That's what the new uh, figure is. Uh, oh, by the way, we're not going to cover you for PI mm. cover. Uh, sorry, cover you for the DB stuff um, in the small print. So I don't know. It's it's that's another reason. Um, so there's there's several there's several factors. I think a lot of guys would like to maybe keep the businesses going. But um, there's not been enough investment over the years for new advisors. um, And and what's happening now is uh, that is coming, showing, coming to the fore with looking around and thinking, well, who am I going to employ or take on to take over my business? It's Just not the people out there. So I could see the market going very much in the future to uh, back almost to larger mm. firms
0: again. It's certainly looking that way, and especially Maybe. when you have – well, even the news, I know it's a platform, but Nucleus this morning getting bought by um, James Hay via Epirus, their private equity-backed company, and indeed AFH getting bought, well, been offered to buy mm. uh, a few weeks ago um, yeah. by another private equity company. It seems to be happening a lot lately and I dare say going to be going to keep happening uh, into the future. Uh, Just to finish things off, what advice would you give to a firm, an IFA firm, when they were looking to sell?
1: Okay, Uh, I would say make sure your firm is, you've got all your information, uh, that people can see it. Make sure if you say that you've got, um, you know, X amount of funds, uh, it's transparent the um, firm's coming in can see the client charging um, be completely upfront on day one if there are any issues um, you know tell the incoming uh, budgeter um, and make sure that you know that I think if you're thinking of let's say if you're thinking of retiring at 65 I would say no look at the deals out there I would say start looking at 65 Because if you actually physically want to finish work at 65, you are going to limit the amount of um, acquirers who are going to want to buy your business uh, with you walking off into Mm. the sunset within, say, uh, you know, a three-month handover. Companies don't want that anymore. There's very few companies that want that deal. Um, They want people to be around. Uh, So plan your exit within good time. And I would say at least a two years. If, you, if that, that would be to so sixty-five
0: minimum. is the ideal slash optimum time to leave the market at the moment and uh, retire somewhere sunny.
1: Because um, oh, it, well, I mean, I, it might be seventy. Um, you might have I've talked to advisors who are well into their seventies, and they've got no intention of exiting mm. the market. Uh, but of course. There's always something around the corner that you you, know, you can't see, which comes up, and then you are in an issue. You know, you're in the situation there. Uh, and also, I think it comes to a stage where, if you've built up a pension and a lot of these guys have worked hard, got up a good business, uh, you might as well enjoy life. Because if you, if you exit when you're well into your seventies, that limits the time, no matter how fit and healthy you are.